This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis. Stop. 
summer gone that's what i want to know if you find it please do send it back i'm missing it how's your week been thank you for joining me on this week straight ahead of course the show has brought you along with the 606 club of chelsea the track that we opened up with you well needs no introduction for me there's nothing like this sung by our guest on the show this week that's right we've got omar as our guest and we'll be getting into his interview and listening to plenty of the man's music in around about uh, half an hour's time one of the artists down at the club this weekend is my co-host, Joe Harrop, who's back with me on the show next week. Well, this coming Sunday, the 27th of June, from 8 o'clock, she's down at the club. Now, of course, you know Joe best as a jazz singer, but back in 2010, she got together with Hannah Vesanth and created a guise of stereo fix. It's a great sound. I just thought you'd, uh, you'd like to hear something from Joe that wasn't straight ahead jazz. So try this for size, like water for chocolate. to be soon. 
Water for Chocolate, Joe Harrop and Stereo Fix. And we'll be hearing more from Joe later on and playing her brand new single. And also we'll be playing tracks from other artists that are with us at the club this coming weekend. Loads of great music to come on the show this week from the likes of Caroline Vane, Sven Wunder, Paul Edis and Luna Cohen as well. But let's carry on now with somebody that we had on the show a few months ago, trumpeter Jackson Mathard from his brand new album. We're going to listen to Little Mouse. This is funny. Hey, little mouse. Read this little tune for you, mouse. Come on. Hey, mousey, where you going, man? Come on, sit down. Listen to the trumpet, man. I'm gonna like this. Come on now. Talking mousy. What you want, some brie, some camembert? I got all the cheese for you, mousy. So just don't let me get to the end of this tune and be left with no cheese. Please. I'm gonna change the key for your mouse here, you ready? Here we go.
Look at that. Save some cheese for me after. Thank you. Jackson Mathard, a man with so much energy. I remember interviewing him and he seems to be bouncing off the walls. It's great to see he's busy again, out gigging. So check him out on social media and find out what he's up to. You're going to have a great time if you go to one of his gigs for sure. Now, recently we have been playing tracks from Rosie Fraser-Taylor's brand new album, Bloom. It's a gorgeous album going back just a couple of years to 2018. Um, she released an album called On My Mind, and one of the featured artists on that album is with us at the club this weekend. I've got a couple of tracks that feature Deshnell Gordon. He's with us this coming Saturday, and the first set will be live-streamed as well. But I say, he's one of the featured artists on the album from Rosie, and from that album we're going to listen to Lullaby. Oh, 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 oh,
as I mentioned, I've got another track that features Deschanel later on in the show. There's an album that's about to be released on the 11th of June on the Piano Piano label from Sven Wunder. The album's going to be called Natura Morta, and it collects pieces from a continuous variety of melodies. It's a really, really interesting, fascinating listen. I've only had a chance to listen to uh, the album through once or twice so far, but this next track really captured my imagination. It's called Impasto. This coming Friday on stage is our houseband Samara, led by our very own Steve Ruby on flute and alto sax, and joined as ever by the wonderful Latin songstress herself, Luna Cohen. We're going to listen to a song of Luna's now that uh, she recorded a couple of years back. It features guitarist Rob Luft. It's beautiful, and it's simply called Just a Song. (laughs) 
As ever, all the details for these gigs that I'm talking about on the show are available to be looked at further on the website, 606club.co.uk. I hope you enjoy the music and uh, it's almost time now that we get to meet Omar. But just before that, I thought I'd remind you about the summer season. Yes, I know it seems hard to believe with some of the weather we've had recently, but it is the summer. And Jazz on the Lawn at Fulham Palace is back once again on Friday the 13th of August. Polly Gibbons joins us. And then on Sunday the 15th from 6.30, Wayne Hernandez is down there. It's a beautiful venue and uh, come rain or shine, there will be jazz 
Lads on the Lawn at Fulham Palace over the course of that August weekend. So go get your tickets now, as it always proves to be a very, very popular event. Okay, it's time that we get to meet Omar now and uh, talk about the wide and varied uh, life in the industry that he's led. And we're going to start off the interview with a track that he recorded along with Courtney Pine called Darker Than Blue. You're listening to me, David Lewis, and this is Straight Ahead. If you want to know what's happening at The Six, check out the website at 606club.co.uk. Omar, how are you? Very good. Very good. Sunshine. And, uh, yeah. Doesn't everybody feel Warm better? There's, there's a song about that, isn't it? Everybody loves the sunshine. I'm sure I've heard everybody it. Everybody loves. I'm sure I've heard it as well. Yeah. Where am I talking? You in London at the moment? Where, whereabouts are you? I'm in Brighton. Oh, right. Brighton. Okay. Hove, actually. 
Oh, it's a lovely part of the world, Hope. I love it down there. The lanes yeah, and everything, yeah, gorgeous. Absolutely. Seaside living is, is really good. Perfect. So I, it's really hard with somebody that's achieved so much to know where to start. So I'm thinking probably the beginning is as good a place as any. It seems that there was a musical DNA that was running through your family because your, your brother, better known as Scratch Professor, in the business, your, huh. your, your uh-huh. sister, Samir, a vocalist, and yourself. Where do you think that sort of lineage came from? Uh, through my dad's channels, but also um, my, my grandfather um, on my mum's side plays sax. Uh, my other grandfather plays sax too, so and my dad played drums. Um, so yeah, it's, it's on both sides of the family, basically. And and you actually started off, I believe, on on the horns, didn't you? Was it a, a cornet that you first picked up as a young boy? It was the cornet. Yeah, it was the first instrument. Well, drums was the first instrument I played, but the cornet was the first. Yeah, instrument that I was kind of taught because um, my next door neighbour had a battered old rusty one um, that she kept in a plastic bag. So I, I took that to school and somehow began to learn on on that instrument. But it then progressed to baritone and then the tuba. So you very um, much. Yeah. So it was very much the horns that were your first draw to music, not being a vocalist. No drums. Drums, drums. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the school you were at, I mean, presumably at that stage, it was a, just a straightforward school. Did they recognise that you had a bit of talent, that you were sort of showing some interest in it? Uh, well, yeah, I was started off at, uh, in primary school. And then by the time I was in secondary school, I was playing percussion in a youth orchestra, the Kent Youth Orchestra, uh, which I, be- I finally became the principal percussionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was then that it was decided I was going to go to an actual proper music school then, because I was doing Saturday music school during the second secondary school years. Yeah, yeah. But when I turned 16, that's when I went to the... Uh, was that Cheatham's? Uh, the Cheat, Cheat, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's reminded me. <laughs> Cheatham's School of Music in Manchester. Everybody um, I hear talk about that place says it's pretty special. Well, Mike Linda went there as well. I mean, I, I always love that because I'm, I'm, I'm a huge 1142 fan. Mm-hmm. So I know that he, he, he went to the same music school and college. Because we both went to the Guildhall. Guildhall as well, yeah. 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 So, so you were at uh, Cheatham's, what, 16 through 18, and then went on to Guildhall to do a degree? Would that be the way it went? It, well, no, that's not the way it went. <laughs> <laughs> Have I simplified I it too much? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Well, no, because I was supposed to do a graduate course, and then, then I was, I'm, the, I'm not doing this. Not this. Uh, and then I, I did the jazz course, which I got a diploma. So I ended up getting a diploma, not, not the full four-year thing. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just itching too much to, to get into the music business itself, really. And you mentioned about the Kent County Band, because you were born in London, raised in Kent, is that right? That's right. Yeah, and those those county bands, I've got so much time and respect for them. They do sterling work, don't they, up and down the country. They give so many youngsters opportunities to get involved with playing yeah. with big bands and bands of every kind. Yeah, we used to tour as well. You know, We went to Italy, Brazil, uh, the States. Um, so yeah, they, they took on a lot with our teaching kids stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Great, great reading rounds. I got so, so much respect for them. And the, the idea of becoming a musician, I know you sort of said once you picked up the call it and the drums and it was there. Did you feel, you say it very often seems that the calling to a musician comes early, that they, they find it or it finds them. Sure. I mean, you know, I was writing songs from, from around 14 years old. Um, luckily for me, my dad had his own studio and mm-hmm. equipment and stuff that I could use to start, you know, working on. And when I went to school in Manchester, that's when I got my first multi-track 
tape recorder. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, that just opened up so many different possibilities for me, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, you know, it was uh, very much a learning process. You know, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do because that's what I was uh, pretty much good at, was uh, writing, writing the songs, and, you know. And it's strange how fate plays its way because obviously reading about you today, I believe you were offered a place, a record contract, but you said, no, 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 it's too soon. I think I'll go to university, yeah. get some education behind me, yeah. learn the business. Whereas if you take that doing, young deal. That, yeah, that was going when I was, when I was supposed to be going to Cheatham, when I was 16. Right. And yeah, they offered it then. But, you know, I just, I, I didn't think I was fully cooked. <laughs> I don't think I'm fully cooked right now. But, uh, um, you know, it's, it, it wasn't the right time, and I learned so much when I went to, to that school as well. Um, um, it, it made sense. Yeah, the formal musical education systems does really round musicians off. It, it well it exposes you to a lot of contemporaries you end up working with for starters, doesn't it? But also, it seems that when guys go away from home and mix with their colleagues of the same age, artistically, you mm. just flourish because suddenly, with people with got the same desire. Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of very talented. I mean, it's most. Uh, expensive musical in Europe, mm. uh, and there was a lot of very, very um, extraordinary talented kids there. So mm. yeah, you're, you're quite right. It did bring up bring up the levels. And so I don't want to dwell too much on there's nothing like this, but I couldn't. You know, I'm sure you've been <laughs> spoken till it till you're blue in the face. But that was quite a clearly a pivotal point in your career. And I think was it not refound by Giles Peterson? It'd been released on an album, and uh, Giles came along. Yeah, it was released on my, my, my dad's uh, independent label in 1990. And when Giles and Norman J heard, heard this track, they're like, they've got to have that for, the, for their label. So they basically bought it and then uh, remixed it. Mm-hmm. Not like, you know, different grooves and stuff, just like they upped the, up the mix and re-released it again in 1991. And then that's when it got into the charts. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was the big turning point for you then, wasn't it? And I mean, I know we're going to talk about your ninth studio album now, which shows how busy you've been in the studio through the course of those years. Mm. Creatively, how do you go about, if we were to talk about a blank canvas, and I'm, I, I'm guessing you're the kind of guy that would throw 100% plus into an album project, mm. but when that project is mm. done, away being mastered, and you've got the next one in your mind, how does Omar start off the creative process? Is it through chords? Is it through voice notes? How do you go about he it? Smokes, he smokes a spliff. Well. <laughs> and then, uh, then, he, then he lets the rest, the rest take, take care of it. Yeah, I, I've just, you know, uh, it, it's kind of as, as simple as that. I get grooves in my head. It's whether it's the bass line, the drums, the beats, the chords, the harmonies, the changes. It can come from anywhere, literally anywhere. And uh, it's just, before you know it, then you've come up with a whole bunch of songs. I, you know, I, I do get to that point when I've, when I've uh, finished an album and I've, I'm spent because, mm. you know, you put all your whole resources into, into to the creativity mm. and trying to make this thing last so you have a beginning and a middle end, so telling stories. This is the kind of thing which, uh, I don't know, it just spurs me on. I get a, a fire in my belly, I've said this before, that I, I just enjoy when I'm creating these this music and you know what I mean I, I spent a week at Weller Studio and that that process was exactly where I wanted to be because I've done this before where uh, that's how I used to record I used to go to a residential studio and you just plot in there for a week 10 days and you just eat sleep breathe the music mm-hmm. um, and you know what I mean and I put myself back in a situation again to do that I didn't think I'd be able to do that after Loving Beats because I was really happy with that 
um, you know, that, that was the last album. Mm-hmm. But this next album now, which is going to be called Brighter the Days, um, yeah, it's, it's next level again. So I, I'm just really happy. You know, I'm good. Thanks. So let, let's talk about because I know you're going to be working, as you just mentioned, with Paul Weller on that. How did your two calendars collide that you could get together? And co- Is that the first collab you've done with Paul? But first, yeah, studio collab. You know, I know I've known him for would it be thirty-two years now? Because we went on tour in Japan. I played percussion and vocals for him uh, uh, in his Japanese tour, and so we've known each other since then. Mm-hmm. And you know, him, him and my mate Max Beasley are good oh, mates. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Max has played with him as well. And um, I was like, you know, I think it's time I need to work with Weller. I don't know how that came about. Um, and just got in contact, went to see him in concert, and we're like, yeah, man, let's, let's do something. We went to shoot a couple of times, but the one you want to hear now, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's got Ronnie Foster in it as well. Oh, man. Um, and we have the horn section. And somebody said they wanted to, uh, well, Greg Borman, um, said he, he wanted to buy a Vespa <laughs> and, a, a par- and a Parker after, <laughs> after listening to it, which is exactly what I wanted to, what I wanted to have from Weller, because he's, he's so iconic. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That the the, the the music has to reflect that as well, which it, which it really does. And I guess it's not a God-given, just because you respect a guy, know a guy, think he's fantastic, that you're going to actually gel in the studio. I guess there's no God-given sentiment of that, is there? No, no. I've I've been in situations. Like my first song that I did with Stevie Wonder, it wasn't really floating my boat. Hold on a minute. Can we, mean, just, can we just focus on that phrase? The first song I did with Stevie Wonder. I mean, a boy yeah. from Kent ends up singing with Stevie Wonder. You you mm. you you've done good for yourself. I've done all right, you know. I, I, I basically, uh, yeah. I mean, I give thanks for that. But but yeah, so you were saying about that. Is, you were saying about that moment with Stevie that you know you, you didn't feel it was. I, did, I wasn't into that into that what we were doing. You know, I wanted some old school Stevie. I wanted something that you know all that stuff that we still play to this day. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of Stevie I wanted. So I had him come to my friend's studio and there's a band player. Max is playing. He's playing uh, drums. Drums, yeah. Jerry on bass, Glenn Nightingale on guitar. Stevie comes in and is like, oh, when he heard all the boys jamming, then he comes up with something else and pulls me in the next day and goes, oh, and we've got to go to the studio again. And that song is the one that we use and it's called Feeling You. Mm-hmm. So it, you, you just never, you never take, you know, anything as standard. You know what I mean? You always got to go for the best as well. Same thing with Lamont Dozier. I did a song with him. That's right, yeah. First song we were doing, first song we were doing, yeah. Meh. And then the next day I go see that I hear some old school 70s and I'm like, this is the one. And that turned out to be the song outside. So, yeah. so that's it can just be something as simple as that. Something will just get the juices going. You hear a hook, you hear a riff that day and it just sets the whole vibe off in the right way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's all you need. That's all you need. All it takes. And so this new album, uh, what stage of production are you at with it then? Uh, I'm sort of like halfway through. I, I wanted to get it kick-started because I've got like eight, nine songs recorded now mm-hmm. and but I've got enough I've got probably about that same amount again that I want to record and then I will be able to you know set up the story get the you know the beginning middle end sorted um, I'm getting string arrangements from Chris Cameron who used to be uh, George Michael's uh, musical director who's done count- countless arrangements of mine like Last Request Tell Me um, Come On and uh yeah, it's just all coming together really, really, really nicely. Whether it's going to be this year or next, I'm not sure. It depends how, how it's going to work out because I want to do some stuff in the States as well. And it don't look like we're going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've, got, 
I've got a bit of time. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's interesting. You mentioned there about the strings. Strings and horns, to my mind, lift a good production to another. Certainly when you get strings involved, they're just beautiful, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you, I, I'm really looking forward to what Chris is going to do because I heard an arrangement of his. Uh, it's just on Instagram. It's just unbelievable. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, that's, that's the effect I want to uh, have on everybody else. And, and, and the other thing you mentioned about, you know, not sure if it's going to be this or next. Uh, one of the great things about you is, although you've achieved great success, you've never just gone after commercial success, have you? You never thought that's the one thing. It's just got to be about the commercial commerciality of a track or chasing chart no, numbers. It's no, about you I, as an artist. I'm, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's about having songs that last. Mm. Um, last the test of time, basically. You know, my first single that I put out, I hated this song with a passion. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I, I need to, whatever, I, whenever I write music, I have to make sure I like it because if I don't, you have to sing this song forever and ever. <laughs> and I'll be like a, a ball and chain around, around your neck. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I, I suppose having a, a song so early on in your career that was so successful, is that, Blessing, or does it hit you know? Because if somebody comes to one of your gigs, are they still saying, I've got to hear that song? Oh, yeah, they always want to hear that song. <laughs> if I didn't do that, song, I couldn't leave, leave the building, but that's fine. You know what I mean? I, I, I loved it, writing that song when I wrote it. Um, and it's kind of what I do with every, every all of them now, all this different technology. I, I put it on a cassette and I've just had it repeated on the cassette that so played for like 45 minutes. And I didn't get bored of it. And then I played it to my dad and his label because I thought he was going to re- release. So we were in the office for an hour listening to this same thing. Nobody got bored of it. So it was that, you know what I mean? It's that kind of uh, reassurance you need when you put in your music. That, that's what's going to happen. And I seem to have managed to, to do that. You know, I, I transcend generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first of all, it was my sister liked the music. It was my mum liked the music. Now, my nan likes the music. So. Oh, you do, but you also, I mean? your music does go through generations. I, and I put this into context. I, I sit and interview a lot of guys. And my daughter, who is a musician, doesn't have any interest. I mentioned her the other night. Oh, we called an Omar. Omar! It's like, ah, now I've got some interest. I'll listen to that one. So, you know, she's like 22, yeah. 23. And so, but again, she knows your name. She's listened to your music, you know. So how yeah. hands-on are yeah. you with the whole production side of the album? Once it's recorded and, you know, it's sitting there, in the multi-track, do you get involved with the whole production down to the finest minute detail? Is it very much an Omar production? It's a, it, yeah, I'm the producer. That's why. Yeah. That's why. You know what I mean? It's me getting all the, in, uh, the in, you know, I coordinate all the instrumentation. Um, it's like if my brother's involved, then he kind of takes care of beats and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that. We we mix it. We mix it up there. But I'm the executive producer. You know what I mean, it's, if you're listening to strings or you're listening to horns, or that's me that's got, that said I need to get them in, in there. You know what I mean? Because, um, yeah, I take care of most, most things. Time to soak some days I'm feeling you When you've been cool 
nice to get out sometimes in the park play ball spread out I'm feeling you I'm feeling you girl of that feeling me too just like I'm feeling you I'm feeling you comes after rain like it's trying to soothe the pain you can make bad things go away i'm feeling you anytime my skies have a cloud want something to make me proud when my life is put up down i'm feeling you i'm feeling you yeah hope that you're feeling me too just like the feeling you i'm feeling I'm feeling you, I'm feeling you 
and we should be hearing more. The second part of the interview from Omar in a few minutes' time. And we just uh, listened there to the song he did along with Stevie Wonder on the album 2006, if you can believe it's all that time ago. The album is called Sing If You Want It, and we just listen to Feeling You. And say, more to come from Omar in a short while's time. Now, one of the singles I got behind a few weeks ago, and it's got the sound of summer all over it, and boy, do we need that at the moment, is this uh, brand new lead single from American artist, now living in London, Caroline Vane, and her first single, A Song For You. Thank 
loved it when I heard it the first time and I still love it now. A song for you from Caroline Vane. Now, if you're going to take on an Aretha Franklin number and cover it, you better make a good job of it. And Nana Freelon has done just that. She's got a brand new album out. It's full of covers. And this is a great version of Aretha's I Say a Little Prayer.
Time Traveller is the name of the album from Nena Freelon, and of course we just listened to the classic I Say a Little Prayer. Wonderful version too, I think. Uh, go take a listen to the album. Say it's full of some wonderful, wonderful covers. So it's almost time that we get back to Omar and he speaks of Ronnie Foster. I'm working with Ronnie Foster, so I thought uh, we'd play something from The Great Man. And here's a track of his going all the way back to 1973, Summer Song. Listen online, on DAB and on smart speakers. Straight ahead with London's leading music venue, The 606 Club.
Still to come on the show this week, we have got music from The Banger Factory, Joe Harrop and Paul Edis. But it's time now that we get back to our interview with Omar. We're going to go back to a track from his 2013 album called The Man. It features the hidden jazz quartet and the track we're about to listen to is High Heels. Yeah, and yeah, make these something's not 
Yeah, and that's obviously, it's got that sound and element that comes through onto it, isn't it? And is it hard once a project's finished, uh, kind of letting it go? Because as you say, you invest so much yourself into it. it. There must be a period where you're on a down after it. It's kind of like, it's had so much energy. You've peaked for that album. And then suddenly there's a, there's a void, no, I'd imagine. Well, no, I mean, after you've done the album, then you've got to go and tour the album. So you got to, you know what I mean? It's like an it's a, uh, ongoing process. Because mm-hmm. after you finish the album, it's time to go and tour the album. But while you're touring the album, you might be starting to write some new stuff as well. And also, my, my stuff, you know, I've got tracks on this album that I, I, I wrote back in like 2007, 2008. And we've only wow. now wow. decided to put it on this. this uh, that's just how it works out. You know? yeah, I, mean, yeah, I yeah. had one, the, the last album, which was out in 2017, Vicky's Tune, which is the first tune on, the, on that album. It was 2003 because I just built my studio then, but it took that long to to make sense in terms of you know when you're listening to to this music you just want to put it on at the beginning and take it off at the end that's it now no stops or no favoritism or anything mm-hmm. but it's, it's a story I'm telling you know and that's how things work out. That uh, that's interesting. As something you mentioned a couple of times about the story that an album tells, the actual order that tracks get put in is a hugely important part of any album project, isn't it? And, and how yeah, how did is it because it is your music? You are the producer. You kind of know from the get go what order you want it in, or does that grow? Does that just stay? It kind of yeah. It kind of starts making sense the more you listen to it. So I think I've got the first five six tracks of this album in my head how I want it how I want it to be played out. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I want to finish all the other tracks, and I can know a bit more more suddenly what how I'm going to do it, but. Things just kind of speak to you. They just make sense and, um, yeah, just work out that way. And the whole lockdown thing, I know you did some streaming and so on, but as a producer, how quick, easy has it been for you to sort of do work remotely with artists and get them to send you their part of the, the track that you need? Is it? Oh, that's, that's not been a problem. I mean, I was kind of working that way before anyway because I do a lot of feature, features for other artists. So they'd send me the track and I'll do my thing mm-hmm. like like that. Um, and, and now I'm... I, Quite a few people have gotten used to working that way. Mm. Um, oh, so almost catching up with you, kind of thing. You were doing that anyway. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was <laughs> the first or anything. But yeah, it's you know, it's like need must uh, basically. I mean, there's nothing like playing with musicians. The kind of phrase, nothing like playing with musicians you know, in the same room, face to face. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it gives, it gives up a different vibe. And and did the whole last year, the whole Rona pandemic, did that kind of knock you sideways at all? I mean, you stayed healthy, I take it, first and foremost, did you? Just about. I mean, I probably got a little bit of that COVID, <laughs> but it's still going on. But you know what I mean? Keeping the exercises going and stuff like that. I managed to, uh, well, basically, yeah, it really did knock everybody sideways. I went and bought a few GoPro cameras. And set up my studio like a, a like a um, a live stream, a streaming studio, yeah. And uh, and that's what I did. I did that from there for like I don't know, first four months. Uh, that that's what it was all about, basically. Because yeah, I'm, I'm a show off at heart, so I, I don't mind doing it, but doing it to a nice quality as well, and seeing if people would be willing to pay rather than sitting back and going, oh, you know, I can't do. You you have to adapt to survive. If you don't, you will die out. Yeah. That, in, that's what, the, in whatever. Yeah, that's the cards we were dealt, and you've got to roll with it, haven't you? You can either sit home and cry over spilt milk or... Yeah, or get on with it. 
get on with it. Now, I mentioned to you just before we started recording that your name came up when I was recording another interview a couple of weeks back with a guy that spent many, many years as your keys player, although I know him as a trumpeter, Quentin yeah. Collins. And, it, and then you started a gig with him, haven't you, down at the Jazz Cafe? Uh, the Jazz Cafe, first gig in, I don't know how many months, four months. Yeah. Just, we were allowed to do that kind of thing. So, yeah, that was really good. And what sort of style of music are you rolling out with those guys? Well, it's a jazz quartet. They do sort of jazz takes of, of my of my my music, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, really good lounge stuff. I mean, the guys are phenomenal musicians as well. Yeah, but we actually uh, we recorded it and I was going to say you recorded it, didn't you? A, a live, yeah, yeah. We're going to be putting out a live um, recording of it on Ubuntu uh, music. Yeah, which is the label that. Uh, Quentin's been on. That's right, yeah, Quentin. Yeah. Who else is on the on the lineup on that band apart from you and Quentin? Uh, on the <laughs> now you get me. It's Ross Stanley. Yeah, Hammond B three. Quentin Collins. Yeah, and it's James. I can't remember the drummer's name. Drummer's name. I, I, yes. Yeah. He's only he's only he's only he's only, he's only done that gig the once. James Braddon, I think his name is Madden. 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 There we go. There you go. We got Close. it. We got it. We got yeah. it. So you guys thinking you might do some more gigs? I hope so. I hope so. That's like an ongoing gig. I've been doing that set for, I don't know, the last 10 years. And it's, it seems to go down really well. Because so, yeah. I, 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 I remember saying to, to Quentin, oh, so Omar's doing a jazz gig. And he said, listen, man, Omar's one of the best. He can sing what he wants to sing. I mean, do you ever see a point where you might make a almost full straight ahead jazz album you, you know get your jazz chops out is anything anything's possible um you know i did a uh, i did an album with courtney pine mm-hmm. uh, black notes from the deep that's kind of the closest i've got to to doing straight ahead jazz um but yeah you know that's where i've it, my education has been rooted it's come from that it's come from reggae it's come from latin it's come from funk and mm-hmm. you know, all those things there so anything's possible because it's funny, I was, you know, presenting a jazz show, I still get these people looking at me with blank looks like you like jazz, you play jazz. And it's like, honestly, it's good. Give it, give it a listen. You know, people, <laughs> it's, it's such a shame that jazz has got this weird kind of, I don't know, it, people seem scared of it. Like they're going to be listening to this weird music and it's like, it's just cool. Yeah, exactly. And lots of different styles as well. You can't just not like all of it. Um, and the, the MBE, um, one of the things that was surprising about that, I guess, is that, it, you know, you weren't somebody that was craving commercial success. You've never been somebody that's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it came your way. Has it given you a platform to sort of say to other kids, you know, maybe from parts of London that don't think they can achieve much? Has it given you a platform to be able to give back? Uh, possibly. I mean, I don't even know if they know that I have an MBE. I see a lot. I see, I've seen a rap, I've seen quite a few rappers getting MBEs as well. I think they would more, more likely look up to them than, than to me. Um, but no, it's good to, you know, that was the, uh, getting an award for something I think that I, I worked hard enough for. And I wasn't, I certainly wasn't getting any recognition from any, anywhere else, you know, within the industry. So, um, to get it from, you know, uh, Buckingham Palace, that meant a lot to me. Go on, tell us. And my family. I'm sure your family must have been so proud of you. So tell us then, how, Mm. how do you actually find out? How does it all go about? The actual nuts and bolts? Do you get a letter turn up or how do you first find out? a letter comes from uh, from uh, um, out of the parliament yep. saying this uh, the uh, the queen has asked me to ask you if you really want this, if you want this award basically <laughs> um, 
and it's all official and everything. So you know, you know, it's the real, the real deal. Oh, and then you just have to say, say yes or no, and then bam, yeah. And that's it. And do you have to keep it quiet yeah. for a period of time? Yeah, you do. You can't say anything until I don't know, like the week before. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, 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 no. You can't say anything until they've announced it in the honours list. And I who, think that's. I think that's what it is. Who actually gave you your award? Was it the Queen? Prince Charles. It Prince was Charles. supposed to be the Queen. Supposed to be the Queen, but she was uh, sick. Right. That day, so yeah. Because that's about 10 years ago, wasn't it? That, that, you got that one? 2013. 2013, yeah. So coming up to a decade mm-hmm. ago. My, everything that's gone on since a decade. So what are you up to then past, uh, obviously you're going to hope to begin touring this album maybe next year, but the rest of this year then, is it pretty much looking to try and back to get some live gigs? And Live gigs, I mean, uh, I see July is starting to fill up and August is completely forward shows i don't think anything's gonna affect that now because of you know, the vaccine that, that way. yeah 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 we, we should be way past all that nonsense by now um but uh yeah i'm trying to get this, this studio stuff done i'm trying to get to the states as well because mm-hmm. uh, I, I got i see some possibilities in terms of music doing it out there so just keeping on doing what i'm doing man i'm just in, and enjoying life by the sea so I've got to say, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're actually living, time. you're living down there in Hope now, are you? I'm living down here in Hope. My studio's still in London. So I'm back right. forth. Yep, yep. Am, but, but, but now this is, I mean, it, London is much of a much of a side now. It's all, you know what I mean? We're still not back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the right time for me to do And my daughter's are, 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 are almost 14. So you've got tw- twin daughters, haven't you? Swing girls, yeah, 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 yeah. and I, I just, I, I just feel really good that I'm close, close by with them, you know. So, yeah, yeah, daughters are lovely. So I've got one, and yeah, been real. Oh, absolutely, girl, absolutely. I can't ever imagine mm-hmm. raising a boy. They're such a nightmare. They're loud. Smelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> girls are just so much nicer the whole way through. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, got yeah, lucky, yeah, didn't yeah. we? We got seriously lucky. And, that's, that's and away right. from the bandstanding, you know, away from the gigs and away from the studio. What does, what does Omar fill his time with? Do you completely switch off of music? Do you walk away and just get your head free? I mean, presumably, you can oh, buy I the seat. I love a good movie. I do. Um, I, I train. I go training. I do Muay Thai boxing at Kenshiro Gym by the um, by the race course. Mm-hmm. We've all swim, swim in the sea. You know what I mean? Good movie. Good food. Good wine. Good company. That kind of thing. Just just easy. That Sunday morning. Huh? You know, what's your address? I think I need to come down and hang out. <laughs> sounds like you've got life kept down. <laughs> kept down all right that's what you need <laughs> it sounds like you've got life licked and you're obviously enjoying what you're up to and you still got the same enthusiasm like the 16 year old you know starting out in the business absolutely it, absolutely. it comes through in your you face are, yeah. looking at you now uh, you still yeah, obviously love sure. what you're doing and, and yeah, the amount yeah. of producing you do for other people and the amount of collaboration work you do I mean yours is one of those discographies it's really hard to sort of go top to tail on because you just worked with mm. so many people, haven't you? I mean, that anthology album that was released a couple of years back was a, a credit to that, just how many people you've worked with. Right, right, yeah. It has been quite a few. Sometimes I forget as well. Like I'd be listening, I'd be, I hear something on the radio, and I'm like, that sounds like me. Oh, no, I totally forgot. I is there people in the business that you'd still sort of like say, you know, if I could get a chance to work with X, Y, Z, you know, Quincy Jones, whatever, I mean, you know, Anderson Pack would be great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pharrell Williams. There's some young kids over here as well. Um, ch- children of Zeus. 
Joe Cole. I heard you were into Cole Pepper. I've been playing him a bit recently. Yeah, you know, he's really good, man. He's, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. And Great Ego LMA as well, you, you, you're into, aren't you? Sure, yeah, yeah, she's really good too. Yeah, there's some great music coming through. It must fill your heart knowing that there's going to be generations come behind you that's still going to be delivering good music. Yeah, 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 for sure. So it's simple to find you. If people want to get in touch, you're kind of on all the normal platforms. You're out there on Instagram. You're out there on Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Bandcamp, um, you're on as well. You're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the website's omarmusic.co.uk. Everything's on there. Everything, every link you need. It's, it's a nice website um, as well. Flows really easy. It's a nice website. Yeah. Nice. I'm guessing you're all over Thanks. that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Omar, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy and you obviously got this project coming out your ears, so I'll let you get back to doing what you do best and making some music Thank for us. But Omar, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. My pleasure. Nice one. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Cheers, man. Thanks. Bye, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Marvelous plan, I bang bang with the boogie, we got the world. 
we've finished off our interview with Omar with a track from his latest album that you heard him talk about, Loving Beats, featuring Ty and Robert Glasper. And we just listened to a track called Vicky's Tune. Omar, great to have you on the show. And don't forget to check out all of his social media and his website. It is a really great website, actually. You get loads of information off of there. So this coming weekend on Saturday, we've got Deshnell Gordon, the fabulous young pianist that we had on the show right at the beginning of the year. And if you want to listen to that interview back, it's still available to listen on uh, Mixcloud and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you happen to get your content from. But he's with us at the club this weekend and on stage along with him is the saxophonist Alex Hitchcock. It's going to be a fantastic gig. The first set will be streamed as well. So you can either watch it from the comfort of your own home or get down to the club and enjoy live music that we've all been longing to do for so long. And another track that features Deshnell, this time with Mark Gavuma's Banger Factory and it's a track called Dear KD. Straight Ahead with David Lewis.
Next to play is a live recording recorded back in November of 2019. It's Jismia Horn along with the Scottish National Jazz Orchestra and it's a fantastic number I thought you might like to listen to called Free Your Mind. expand take your time only on your command free your mind and let your thoughts expand just unwind look to your promised land <laughs> don't hold on to hatred that can be a heavy load you can be free lift it take you where you want to Inside of you, listen to your soul, be who you desire to. Free your mind, just let your thoughts expand. Freedom to love inside, child, woman, and man. Free your mind, just let your thoughts expand. Take back your time, you will find love is kind. And sublime when you free your mind. Thank you. 
Jasmine Horn just playing with the orchestra there. That's why I like a live recording. So we've got some uh, great music still to bring you on the show this week. And the next track is the brand new single from Joe Harrop. As I mentioned, she's with us at the club this coming weekend. We heard her very early on in the show under the guise of Stereo Fix. Well, what we're about to play now is her brand new single. We started playing it a couple of weeks ago. It's called Red Mary Janes and a Brand New Hat. There's an album, a full album that's going to follow later on in the year, full of great tracks and guest artists too, just like this track. In fact, it features Jason Rebello on piano. And I say, Joe is back with me in this studio next week as well. So we're already talking about what tracks we're going to bring you. So make sure you're listening to what Joe brings along for the month of June. She really looks forward to getting back in the studio every month. And I enjoy having her here too. Anyway, let's get back to her single, Red Mary Janes and a brand new hat. I've got my red Mary Janes and a brand new hat Why do you think about that? Nothing's gonna stop me tonight I've got my microphone in my hand And a fine red wine 
So first of all, we listen to the current single from Joe Harrop and the album, as I say, is going to follow later on this year. Joe's back with me in the studio on Straight Ahead next week. And uh, the track we just listened to was Red Mary Jane's and A Brand New Hat. And then we went into a track from a stunning debut album filled with lush, warm Times productions. It's from Glenn Fallows and Mark Trafell, and the album is simply called The Globe Flower Masters. Many thanks indeed for your company over the course of the last couple of hours. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Omar and Joe and I will be back for more jazz and chat next week at the same time. Have yourselves a great week and we play out on the show this week with the current single from Paul Edis, Start Over. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.